there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case for loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Dr. Bittar, I we just got back from the International Association of Colon Hydrotherapists. The only person not there was you. We missed you. Uh, but you want to go to a group of people that are, are, are smarter than doctors? These colon hydrotherapists were tuned in, man. They knew the gut microbiome. They knew the terrain. They, they, they were like the we talk about the garbage men being the most important of the culture. I think of the healers. They might be right up there. You screwed up right away when you said, do you want to know a group that is smarter than doctors? And I was wondering about that. Came up, everything <laughs> came up, I was like, wow, that's not setting the bar very high at all. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yes, I know. But uh, you, got, you, you know where I was trying to go. I failed miserably, but that's okay. Yeah. Don and I got it right away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but but listen, seriously, when we talk about these, uh, like Ty was with us, you know, our buddy TMB, Ty Bollinger, and, you know, he lectures on some stuff a lot of people don't know about. As you've said, you know, the history, the things, and, uh, you know, when he talks about the cancer, a lot of doctors haven't researched the things he dug out because of what happened to his family. He's speaking to these folks, and th- they pretty much know all of it. And it's just such a, it was refreshing at the same time and going, wow, isn't it interesting? The people who are working on the bottom end of the body, Learn more about <laughs> the real body and the way it works than those that are, you know go to school and get doctorates about the rest of the body. Yeah, you know that joke about all the different organ systems in the body. They were all arguing with who is the most important. The heart saying he's the most important. Brain saying he's the most important. And everybody's talking and trying to say who's more important. And finally, the the anal sphincter pipes up and he says, "I'm the most important." And everybody starts looking at him and starts laughing hysterically, like, "But mm-hmm. you, you're the most important." Uh-huh. And he says, fine, I'll prove it to you. And he just clenches up. and <laughs> Nothing's going out. And everybody agreed he was the most important. Yeah, it's amazing how you get that kind of perspective. And, you know, I speak from experience having been hospitalized for constipation when I was a kid, you know, literally. And, and this is a, you know, it was a severity to the point where, you know, you're not going. That, that doesn't bode well for future health. Yeah, it's, it's the most important to recognize that the only conduit with the outer world is our gastrointestinal system defined from the mouth to the anus. That area, that tube that goes from the mouth to the anus is actually continuous with the external world. And that's the only uh, communication we really have with the external world where it's the only, um, we want to call it the only revolving doorway that allows things in and allows things out. Obviously the skin allows some things, but nothing Mm -hmm. like the gastrointestinal system. You can't absorb food through the through the skin, and you know you, you can. It is a major organ uh, excretion, obviously, but the colon is where uh, the not colon, sorry, the gastrointestinal tract is where everything comes in and goes out uh, on a on a constant basis. And so, if we don't have that conduit uh, healthy, if we don't have that revolving door open, if you stick something in the way of that door so that door doesn't open up, mm-hmm. uh, you've got a massive problem. You're not going to have nutrients going in. You're not going to have water going in. You're not going to have waste products coming out, and you're going to end up having long-term problems. 
Yeah, well, this is this is the thing, and, and you know, we have this Obamacare ruling from the Supreme Court. I don't know if you saw this that they basically erased the word uh, state like seven times in the in the document, and we talk about state exchanges and supporting subsidies for Obamacare, and said no, that's not what Congress meant. Oh, they put it in seven times. Nah, maybe if it was eight, we we'd buy it. But they basically said, yeah, Obamacare is constitutional. I think this is a setup, and it always was. We've discussed this too to fail it was set up to fail because they knew what they really want what the medical system really wants is socialized medicine full-on single-payer and then a, a full-on uh you know mandate that you have to participate and the only form of care that will give you is going to be pharmaceutical and so this is the way to do it because people don't realize that what preceded obamacare was not a free market in healing and that's ron paul's point here in the campaign for liberty article that he put out he says the best allies for obamacare are the courts which we've seen with the supreme court and now the republicans who are probably going to go, well, yeah, and Obamacare didn't work, well, let's just go ahead and do single-payer. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievable that it's coming to that point. And besides Ron Paul uh, and his son, Rand Paul, I haven't seen anybody else stand up for this. And this is a major, major issue, as you said. It, it was always a setup. It was always uh, intended to go down this path. Nobody thought that it would get this far. But, um, you know, once this goes, this is almost... This is just like the Second Amendment type of thing. You know, if if the Second Amendment goes and this goes, pretty much um, the U.S. will not enjoy its reputation as being the world's leader of freedom. It, it, it will it will quickly succumb down into the 30s, 40s on that list of uh, nations to you know most desirable to live in. Right. Well, Ron Paul, Paul points out that the, a lot of the Republicans that we'd think, at least they claim, well, we're a small government, right? We're for freedom. But we'll, they will inadvertently aid a single-payer advocate-type system because they'll fail to acknowledge that Obamacare is not socialism. It's not. It's corporatism. It's corporate welfare. It was a payoff to big pharma. And, of course, it's still it's not private either, but it's it's socialism, if you will, for the pharmaceutical industry. And then they'll eventually usher in this full-on socialism, and nobody will have the freedom to choose what kind of healing they want. Yeah, and then the people of the United States will leave to go to other countries to get the health care as um, has already started. Even mm-hmm. though I was recently told that the U.S. is the number one nation in the world for... Um, medical tourism, which I found amazing, but apparently it's first is U.S., second is U.K., mm-hmm. third is uh, France, fourth is um, Germany, I believe it was, and then the fifth one was uh, Jordan. And uh, so I didn't realize that, you know, you always think of Malaysia and uh, India and Singapore sure. as these as these big hubs for medical tourism, but they're actually just coming into the industry with specific types of uh, care. For example, in Singapore, to do hip replacements, they're trying to show that they can do a cheaper, better, higher quality, to better response rates, etc. But when it comes to just the entire gamut of the, uh, the medical tourism industry, believe it or not, the U.S. is still considered to be the number one country for medical tourism because there's more people coming to the U.S. to get health care. Sure. So that's what they define. Anybody who's traveling to get health care is considered medical tourism. But I think that that will quickly subside with this plan going into effect. Yeah, and that's, you know, the private system that exists within a very non, let's say, free system still has high quality in, in regard to delivery. If you want to seek out allopathic care or surgical care, things like that that are very expensive, if you have the money, you can get good stuff done. But the medical tourism we see leaving 
is often related to holistic, non-approved therapies, not necessarily surgery, but let's say natural therapies for cancer recovery. They're leaving the states for that. Yeah, and that's been the case for for decades now. And more and more, I think you see people realizing that they have to leave the United States to be able to get the freedom to be able to access some of these specific types of therapies that they're looking for. Yeah. Well, I, I find it fascinating, again, the, the play that supposedly smart people, because, well, they got into Congress, right? They were voted in, or they're on the Supreme Court. Well, listen, they're, they're, they've been bought, all of them that are, are basically arguing for varying forms of government intervention to salvage a health care system that didn't fail because of freedom. It failed because of government intervention. It failed because the block on innovation that happens within any monopoly. It failed because we go back to the Flexner Report of 1910 that set the stage to wipe out any competition to allopathic pharmaceutical patent-based petrochemical medicines. Yeah, and, and I think that that's why um, when people create this displacement, you know, they project their inadequacies and they blame it on this or that and without really looking at the facts. It's, it's a very similar thing that's done where we've talked about with the vaccines versus... Uh, the, the, with the vaccines when, you, when they blame the uh, viruses or the bacteria instead of looking at actually the industrial... Mm -hmm. uh, pollution and the, the types of chemicals and substances that were being used in industry. So that displacement of blame is a very uh, standard operating procedure from this, the modus operandi of how they operate by causing confusion. Yeah, take no responsibility, run from it, in fact, and, and blame, I don't know, anything that they can do to just keep giving you drugs as if it's, there's a deficiency. The last paragraph of the Ron Paul piece at Campaign for Liberty is very good. America's health care system is just as unsustainable as our foreign policy and our monetary system. At some point, the financial and human costs of Obamacare will prove overwhelming, and Congress will be forced to replace the system. Hopefully, before this happens, a critical mass of people will convince Congress to replace Obamacare with a truly free market health care system. I'm not holding my breath that that's going to happen, but it sure, sure would be uh, nice. It's, um, it would be nice if that happened, but I concur with you that I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I think they're going to try for the socialized system to say, well, look, uh, your, your free market system, which isn't a free market, didn't work, so let's do socialized medicine. Uh, but that's not what we're all about here, but we want to bring that point up as, uh, as the uh, Supreme Court has now become the legislators of, uh, <laughs> in violation of separation of powers, which apparently no longer exists. Hey, I've, if this is uh, raising your blood pressure, and it might might should, um, there's a story here about high blood pressure uh, linked to a lowered Alzheimer's risk. And, uh, Dr. Patel, I don't know if you read this, but I, I was reading through this and saying, okay, are they going to explain a pathway of high blood pressure and lower risk for Alzheimer's? Well, it turns out their conclusion, let me know what you think of this, is that people with high blood pressure are probably on blood pressure medication so maybe we should put people on medication prophylactically because it can't possibly be the blood pressure issue or anything else so it's maybe it's the it's the medication that's causing them to have less alzheimer's later in life yeah, I, think I think that's their conclusion I, I think you need to have a, a different little you know you have the moment of duh i think this is mm -hmm. like a moment of huh uh, yeah exactly that's a good one a moment of huh what what you know yeah and the, the rationale that that's being used over here shows that these people may have actually uh, had a momentary lapse of lucidity that lasted more than a moment. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, you think about high blood pressure. You know, you could speculate and say, well, the blood pressure, it's getting higher, so it's forcing more blood into the brain. Is, is that what's happening, really? Well, you know, the thing is that you and I have talked about this, I don't know, umpteen times <laughs> on the air. What is the cause of Alzheimer's? And the cause of Alzheimer's is the same thing that causes 
autism. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's a the difference between autism and Alzheimer's is there's only two differences. One is the chronicity versus the acuteness of the toxicity, meaning that children with autism, they've accumulated in a very short uh, span of time. Exactly. Versus a long-term chronic exposure with the, with the Alzheimer's community. And the other component is that Alzheimer's is associated with older people, whereas autism is associated with younger people. That's it. All right. Hold that thought. we got to go to break here. Cranking it up on the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's advanced medicine time. You can always go to medicalrewind.com. If you miss the show with Dr. Batara, we do each week to kick off the week. So stick with us. Lots more healing to go with Dr. Batara. We'll talk a little bit more about the blood pressure, drug, Alzheimer's link. And then, wow, there is a moment of a little bit later related to diabetes that will knock you back in your chair. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. Bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. Could it be that high blood pressure medication is preventing Alzheimer's? Well, considering that Alzheimer's is not evidence of a, well, deficiency in such drugs, what could it be? Dr. Batar was getting to it right at the end of that last segment there. I want to make sure everybody hears you clearly. You talked about the acute exposure in children to heavy metals resulting in autism or autism spectrum disorder diagnoses, and later in life, the slow, subtle, but long-term accumulation of metals in adults elderly becoming uh, Alzheimer's. So are we to gather it isn't a deficiency in a drug, but a proficiency in, if that could be said, of heavy metals like mercury? Yes, I think that would be a very proficient way to put it, that it is uh, a proficiency in metals. That's exactly what it is. It's, you know, some people have um, brought up this issue. Well, if that's true, then why doesn't everybody have it? Because everybody's being essentially exposed to the same amount. And that is a true statement. And the problem is that we are all exposed to it. That is a true statement. However, some of us have better pathways of excretion and some of us have uh, various genetic predispositions for the inability to excrete. Just like some people are, are better genetically predisposed to slam a basketball and other people aren't. It's the same type of thing. Some people have are taller, some people are shorter. Some people have a methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase enzyme deficiency, some people don't, or whatever the case may be. And so we are all exposed to it, but some of us can clear it better, whereas others can't. And that's the reason that some people end up developing Alzheimer's. The same genetic components that define Alzheimer's also define autism. And when I say genetic, I'm not saying that it's a genetic problem. I'm saying a genetic predisposition for the inability to excrete. In fact, there is no such thing as genetic disorders as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there may be like 1% or 2% of things in, on the planet are actually genetic, but vast number of ailments and pathology that are attributed to genetics, it's not true. They may have a genetic predisposition for it, but it's not genetic. For example, cancer, heart disease, an individual may have a genetic predisposition to getting cancer as opposed to heart disease, but that doesn't mean that because their parents had a cancer, they're going to have cancer. That's absolutely not true, or heart disease. So yeah. you have a husband, and, and I'll just take this point just one step further, Robert, if you allow me. Sure. You have a husband and a wife that have lived in the same house for the last 50 years, drank the same water, eaten the same food, breathed the same air, and they've been exposed to some type of toxicity. Does that mean they're both going to end up having the same ailment? 
Absolutely not. If the woman has a predisposition, a genetic predisposition for cancer, she will end up getting cancer. And if the man has a genetic predisposition for heart disease, he'll end up getting heart disease. Even though they were exposed to the same environmental toxins, the oxidative stress that manifested into a pathology was based upon what area was genetically predisposed in their particular situation, meaning the wife, cancer, and the husband, heart disease, or whatever the case may be. But it's always a genetic predisposition. It is not a genetic issue. So when you take a genetic predisposition and put it together with an environmental trigger that causes it to fire up, Mm -hmm. you end up having the pathology. Well, we talked about it with Dr. King uh, back in uh, Tennessee this past weekend, the miasms, uh, that idea that Hahnemann had about predispositions, genetic, but that they don't have to manifest based on living differently. By doing something different, by altering the environment, you alter genetic expression even. Uh, so these are the things that are validated even in the modern scientific uh, circles, but yet they're still scrambling to say, no, 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 it has to be a deficiency of this drug because really that's the only way we can make billions of dollars uh, because, you know, what are we going to do? Promote something like Dr. Batar does? Synthetic amino acids intravenously for pennies on the dollar? No, we can't do that. That's not where the big money is. Right. And let me let me just point out one thing. When you mentioned miasms, because by bringing up miasms, you opened up an uh, even more involved process and I disagree with what you said that it's similar to miasms because miasms in my world would be uh, an environmental trigger that now has a genetic component to it. So it's actually combining that genetic predisposition because a miasm isn't a genetic predisposition, even though it does give you a genetic predisposition, but it was an original environmental trigger. And this may not even be the appropriate venue to talk about this because this may be out of the scope of the majority of people listening. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, there you go, complicating things again, Dr. Batar. I try to keep it simple, but no, you had to take it deeper, didn't you? Well, you agree with me, though, don't you? Yes, I, yes I do. But uh, like you said, I, you know, listen, when we get into miasms, I go into dangerous territory because there's no easy way to say it. And that's what, I'm surprised I, you even brought it up. Well, you know, I, I live dangerously. Yeah, but if you bring it up, then I have to clarify what you said. You know, okay, okay. All right, Dr. Batar, you got a free pass here. No, you don't. we we got lots more to discuss. Big news on the fat front. Oh, man, were we right again? Uh, yeah, I guess we were. We're going to go into that. Also, a major league moment of duh about diabetes. And uh, who else, whatever else, if we want to do more miasms, Dr. Batar has thrown down the miasmic gauntlet. We might have to do that, too. Stick around, robertscottbell.com. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, since I was so hard on Super Don last hour, I'm going to give him some props because... You know, we've said occasionally this concept of a moment of, huh? Like, uh, Dr. Batar, you brought up this thing about the high blood pressure, Alzheimer's link, and, and the drug. It's a deficiency of the drug. And, you, you know, and you're kind of like, that's not a moment of duh. That's a moment of, huh? And uh, he threw out a preliminary version. It's, it needs some work, Super Don, but I, to your efforts, this is what happens behind the scenes on the radio show live. And he came up with this really quick here. Moment of say what? <laughs> it's 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 on the right track, Super Don. Well, I I enjoy being on the right track. Thank you. Oh, okay, all right. So we got say what? I don't know, I, Doctor Batari. You don't don't even try saying that. Well, maybe yeah, I won't try saying that. But that's actually something that I think you should keep on recording so that you can 
use that when appropriate in the future. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll massage that into an A number one plus thing like our moment of duh intro and all the others that he does. So on the right track, as I say. So uh, and, I with no notice. Less than Don. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So we set the standard so high, Don. So if, if we're if we're hard on you, it's only because you're so good. So so in other words, you're saying that's my fault. Yeah, you brought it on yourself. So I'm still to, I'm still to blame. You're still busting my chops. Jesus. No, no, no. This is a good thing. You want to take I'm responsibility for it. I'm messing with you. It's okay. I'm All still. right. <laughs> you can't mess with me. I mean, Doctor Batar's messing me on my asms, and I, I can't I can't catch a break today. I I didn't get much sleep. We drove 11 hours yesterday. Not that it would phase you at all, but I'm like I'm a little bit like punchy today. So that makes for good radio. Don likes it when I get punchy. I'm um, I'm fine with you, punchy or non-punchy. I like it both ways, Robert. <laughs> You're flexible. Suit yourself. I like I'm easy. Fruity and non-fruity. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Marty Feldman had that line. Suit yourself. I'm easy. Something like that years ago in one of the movies. Now this this story here is great. This, this is a this is a big. I'd almost say a mea culpa, but it's sort of like an I told you so and. We were right. When I'm on the Jerry Doyle show, he likes to say, Robert, you were right again, you know, sticking our finger in the eye of established science, right? High fat, high fat, high fat is bad, bad, bad. Everybody should be on low fat. And here, this is on healthfinder.gov. Nutrition experts endorse decision to drop restrictions, focus on quality of food instead. This is shocking. Focusing on the quality of food? Dr. Batar, what's happening here? It's not about fat anymore. Well, first of all, again, it's amazing that they said that they're focusing on food while still there are bills to introduce um, the prevention of labeling GMO foods, et cetera, et cetera. So they're obviously not focusing on food or quality of food or nutritional value of food. Uh, what they're focusing on is, I, I believe, that they finally got tired of the American population being the fattest on the planet, and so they're not just going to say they're going to stop. You know, the best way to deal with the problem is to all of a sudden take the problem and say, Relabel it as not a problem anymore. <laughs> yes. So it's... we are we are the fattest nation on the planet, and of course the way that they painted that picture on the on that article was that it's important to recognize that the fact uh, there's been so much attention on the fat aspect has caused the American population to be um, not getting all the essential facts that they need. Unfortunately, you're talking about the word fat doesn't mm-hmm. quite mean the same thing. You've got dietary fats that are bad, and then you've got essential fatty acids that are essential and very important for good health. And right. I think what they've done is taken the fat, uh, the, the stuff that we should be concentrating on, like taking all the garbage out, like don't go to eat the McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera, that type of fat, and, and said, oh, it's a great thing to now stop talking about fat because now the malnourishment of the American population from the lack of getting essential fats will not be as big of an issue. And, yeah. again, you know, two different animals they're talking about. Well, they acknowledge, again, in that, in that sub-headline, the quality. Let's, let's focus on the quality of the food. But as you point out very accurately, they're not mentioning anything specific when they say that. So if we don't define quality, we can still sell crap and call it good, right? Like a, it's right. like a picture of a fast food burger or sausage on an egg with cheese and probably refined wheat. So, Which is exactly it, the picture that they showed there. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So they're wanting to say now the drive through is okay again, like it was ever really okay because it became factory food instead of real food. And, and, and you know that. I mean, you, you raise, you grow things on your own ranch and farm as well, so you know what it's a, it's a whole different thing, and you go to great lengths to find non-genetically engineered foods for the animals that you, that you help. Uh, it's extraordinary. Yet this this acknowledgement is extraordinary, but it's only partway there. 
and they talk essential fats. But would you not agree, Dr. Batar, that saturated fat is also an essential fat? Well, things such as conjugated linoleic acid, for example, um, we don't get that from plant-based uh, fats, and, and, and it's something that we, you know, we need. In fact, they found the conjugated linoleic acid in sufficient amounts will increase to loss of body fat, and that is a saturated fat. So, but again, they're focusing in this article on the polyunsaturated vegetable fats that they're saying, okay, and those are the ones that if you cook with them, you'll screw them up bad. You'll you'll denature them. You'll corrupt them. They will now become trans fats. That, that's exactly right. So you can take a good fat and convert it to a bad fat um, for because by oxidizing it. Obviously, olive oil or coconut oil is very good, but if you take it in a in a form that's been oxidized, uh, you know, nuts are a perfect example. Let's take nuts or flaxseed oil or any of these things. Flaxseed mm-hmm. are good, flaxseed oil is good, but when flaxseed oil becomes rancid or some of the nuts, if you make them into a butter and they become rancid, you know, to consume them in any quantity is a bad thing. They're rancid fats. They're full of free radicals. They're uh, highly, highly um, um, dangerous on, on a long-term consumption basis. So, you know, the fact it's, it's the, the way that I try to paint the picture is simplistically, Robert. Everybody can and can understand these concepts. And I wrote the chapter on fast in the longevity textbook, um, and, I, and I also wrote the, um, uh, I've also written a 380-some page book on nutrition, which I've decided I'll never release because it's actually making people dependent. It's not allowing people to become empowered with knowledge because what it's going to do is it's going to create another argument with all the different arguments out there. So go back to the nine-step book, and I talk about nutrition there. I talk about diet there, and this is the key thing for people to remember. If God made it, it's good. If man made it, it's madness. Right, so right. That's really what you, all you got to remember. So margarine, for example, is man-made. It is not naturally occurring. You don't find margarine anywhere, and that's a synthetic you know, um, type of oil, and you should not consume that at all whereas butter is good. God made it, it's good, it's natural. So mm-hmm. I try to keep things simple that way. And then people will say, well, what about corn, corn oil or canola oil? You know, corn came naturally, canola came naturally. Well, but what did we do to it uh, to make it into that type of an oil? And so there's all these other aspects that people have to start looking at. It, it, it's a complicated issue, and yet it's a very, very simple issue if you understand it. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and the, you know, on the fat, more on this fat issue... Uh, they acknowledge that the movement toward low-fat diets had unintended consequences, right? Uh, turning people away from healthy, high-fat foods and towards foods uh, rich in added sugars, starches, and refined grains was problematic. Oops. How many decades have they been doing this? Yeah, well, see, that's a totally different issue now because by taking away the attention from the fat, people they're now trying to say, well, the low-fat foods were bad. Well, of course, low-fat foods were bad because what they would do with the low-fat foods were... Uh, or the, the focus on people being slimmer and healthier, that's not what the issue is. People should be slimmer and healthier because when you're slimmer, you're healthier. You have less weight that you're carrying around. Your body's more efficient. There's no less wear and tear in the joints, et cetera, et cetera. But when we're talking about what you just mentioned, Robert, with mm-hmm. the focus on, on uh, fats and that it drove people to the wrong type of foods, you're absolutely right because when they talk about low fat, those things usually have a lot of synthetic components in there which slow down the metabolism and lead to people becoming fat. And low fat foods are usually, they have a higher uh, content of sugar. 
to make it more yeah. palatable. And so, well, yes, exactly. You take away the fat. The, the fat is, is it satiates you. It's yummy. It exactly. adds flavor. And then suddenly you take it out. It's like, do you eat cardboard? Well, only if you add lots of sugar or synthetic that's sugar. Right. And then suddenly that's what people are eating. And they wonder, why? I wonder why the health of Americans went downhill ever since they put motor oil in as margarine. Right. And I think that the, that the agenda, the subversive agenda that was back out there for people that are conspiracy realists like you and I, Mm-hmm. I think that was part and parcel, and is part and parcel of what the entire you know, gamut is. You you drive people's metabolism into a disarray. You know, you weaken them. You you know, you immunize them. You reduce their intellect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Speaking of conspiracy realism, I think Liam Sheff is due to join me in studio tomorrow night. That should be interesting. Ooh. That should be interesting. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, you know, I, I promoted your book there at the uh, Colon Hydrotherapist Group. They they were digging it. They loved it. And, you know, I t- and so there were some, some parents that were, you know, we talked about the autism thing because, you know, I tell a little bit about your story, how you got in to do what you did and why you wrote the book. And some of them come up and say, was this, is this like basically they say, is this the recipe to, to, to reverse my kid from autism? I said, no, no, no. These are the principles that you can apply across the board, including for your children. But you, now you're talking about a whole other intervention that you want to get to. So people still want to know every detail immediately because they're so anxious. They've been hurt so badly over what's happened. Well, Robert, I, I'll, um, I'll talk to you during the break about this, but I, I do have a good I think I have an important announcement or an exciting announcement to make, but it kind of goes along that that line, but I'll I'll wait till I discuss with you off the air, and then we'll bring it on if you think it's appropriate at the end of the hour. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think so. People are really, they're they're more ready than ever. Uh, They're anxious, of course. Their their parents out there are hurting for their kids. The kids are hurting because of what has happened here, and if we can help them anymore, I will remind everybody, if you're a new listener to the Robert Scott Bell Show every Monday, we begin the week with Dr. Rasha Bittar. We do advanced medicine together. We've got hundreds of hours of shows downloadable for free through our many uh, podcast outlets, including right here at GCN, our syndicator, and naturalnewsradio.com, rebroadcast at UK Health Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and Epic Times, as well as medicalrewind.com, which can go right directly to the shows you want to hear with Dr. Bittar, which is really great. Uh, a Scalia, Antonin Scalia, the one guy that seemingly had some sense on this, although they all flip-flop on things where you go, okay, they're wrong now, but the Supreme Court, he has 15 most uh, Antonin Scalia quotes that are really the top 15 about Obamacare dissent. And he, should, he said we should now call it SCOTUS care, the Supreme Court of the United States, because they basically legislated from the Supreme Court, uh, and they basically erased seven times the word state just to make sure it would, would maintain uh, you know, the, the subsidies coming to the poor people that are hurting, and we're not happy that they're hurting, but Obamacare is not helpful because it is allopathic toxic medicine, and poor people don't need more toxins. Oh, my gosh. I talked, and Dr. Batar couldn't. I couldn't let you get in a word in. So when we come back, more Dr. Batar to wrap us up, and a major league moment of dull related to diabetes that, uh, well, you might want to sit down now. You'll never believe what they've uncovered. Science! I say science can save us. Well, We didn't need it for this one, but we'll reveal it anyway. Stick around. Lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Also, Dr. Batar, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. Linked up in the show notes. You can see it there. Live around the world. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell. information is so good it requires no expiration date the robert scott bell show 
Now, we are not anti-science. I mean, we're, we're pro-common sense, certainly. And we love it. If science validates something we already know to be true, uh, you know, no worries. But there's a lot of weird stuff in science as well. And uh, what is it, Super Don, when, when um, uh, Dr. Bittar referenced things in nature or it's natural, remember when he said that? What is it that the skeptics uh, say? Yes, yes. What do they he say? Committed, he committed a logical fallacy, uh, of which there are many. That one is called the appeal to nature. So, yeah, the, 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 the buttheads, if I can call them that, uh, Dr. Batar, who would criticize us, say, oh, my gosh, you appealed to nature. That's a, log- a logical, but just because it's natural. Right, because cause... not everything that natu- is natural is good for you, because sharks are natural. Sharks are good for you. They're high in omega-3 <laughs> fatty acids. <laughs> good for you. See, you know what's got... funny is, mm-hmm. Robert, let's, let's, wait a second. Remember this when that one person about three, maybe four months ago, she was a lady from... Somewhere on the West Coast, she called, and she called in, and she was very, very nice when she said, you know, that I was one of the greatest natural healers, and I kind of stopped that. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, I and do. I said, What's so natural about putting in an IV, you mm-hmm. know, breaking the skin and going intravenously and injecting uh, or infusing synthetic amino acids? There's nothing natural about any of that stuff. So um, I I don't think I've ever been a proponent of saying something about natural, but this is, this is the opposite counter-argument that I've put out there. But again, our goal, your goal, my goal, not so much Don's goal, but the, the <laughs> truth at least, our goal yes. is to reinstate the state of health into being as natural as it was meant to be the way the Creator designed it. Right. To well, reestablish it, you know. that natural health. Well, and, and as we say, if science, uh, you know, backs us up, oh, that's great. But sometimes you're like scratching your head and going, who paid for that? And as it relates to the fat, of course, the science all said low fat was the way to go. The high fat was bad for you. Well, they were wrong. And as uh, Liam Sheff always says in official stories, facts change. We just happen to be way ahead of the curb. But so- right. somehow they're exactly. catch- catching up on some things. And, and, of course, that leads us to a question of diabetes causation. And uh, it's time for uh, today's Moment of Duh. What are you people? On dope? <laughs> Amalgamated Association of Morons. Local 6 and 7 8. You're crazy! What is your major malfunction? Yes, today's Moment of Duh brought to you by Petrifying Twinkies into Parks. Yes, they just figured this out, Dr. Batar. Diabetes rates fall in neighborhoods with healthy food, parks, and gyms. Yep, you heard it here first, folks. We, we now understand that having healthier food and exercising may result, in fact, in lower diabetes rates. And who pays for this stuff? I, I want to know because we should be paid for our thing. We're telling them this without the money. This is unbelievable, yeah. Lead Lead researcher Paul Christine of the University of Michigan Public School of Health in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Wow. You know, I've noticed that the moments of doubt are becoming more and more frequent because when we started that, I think years ago, it it was only maybe once every three or four months we do it, and now it seems like two or three times in a show we're doing it. Well, yeah, there are plenty to choose from. We really have to weed them out because there are so many that we'd be doing one every segment. We don't want to overdo the moments of dub, but literally, come on. Who who out there doesn't think, uh, let's say, if we had healthier food 
right? Or if we were exercising and moving and being outdoors more. And we're not saying that's the only thing because, you know, we've talked about deficiencies. We've talked about other things specific uh, to endocrine difficulties. But my goodness, in a general sense, was anybody under the mistaken impression that really crappy food and no exercise would, would be better? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just absurd that they would even try to do a study like that. There's so many other things that need to be evaluated and figured out. Mm-hmm. Waste um, effort and time to establish something that intuitively obvious. That's like almost saying that water cures, you know, let's test water to see if it cures dehydration. Which, <laughs> yeah. which by the way, is a, drug, uh, is a drug claim if you say that, because mm-hmm. you're not making a drug claim that water cures a medical condition dehydration, so the FDA will have an issue with that. Yeah, well, exactly. That's not being facetious either. That's an actual example that was given. So anyway, but that's how ridiculous. It is. But this is uh, this was published in the JAMA Internal Medicine Journal of all places. So obviously they don't have enough things to publish, and they're seeking out uh, neighborhood parks for uh, for new studies to publish. What else will they find next? Well, we'll have to wait till next week with you, Doctor Batar. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Robert. Always good to be with you. And uh, tomorrow again, Liam Sheff in studio. That could be pretty cool. So stick around for that in 22 hours. Yeah, I think I got the math right. Hey, guys and gals, all of y'all, even the Gathiests, the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.